You're listening to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority of their families. Thank you so much for joining us. It's always good to be with you. Today, we're talking about single parenting with a friend of mine and one of our family ministry directors, Paula Forte. Paula, welcome to the podcast. Hey, Todd. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be here. Great having you here. Why don't you take a moment to introduce yourself to our listeners? Hey, everybody. I am Paula Forte, and I have the pleasure and honor of serving at Forest Hill Church at our NOTA campus as a family ministry director. As Todd said, I am the proud mother of three beautiful girls that you'll hear about throughout this podcast. Mm -hmm. But there is Chael Destiny, who's 17, Charity Williams. uh, We'll say Charity Joy, right? So I started with a middle name. There you go. Yeah. Chael Destiny, Charity Joy, who's also 17, and yes, they are twins, and Cherish Faith, who's 15, and I just love what I do, and I love being a mom, so I'm excited to be here. Yeah, you're good at both. You're a great pastor, leader, and a great mom. Well, before we jump into our topic here, we have a favorite game that we play in family ministry. It's called Faves. Oh my gosh. So are you up for a game? I'm up for a game, Ty. Let's do it. All right. So just so the listeners know... Paula has seen these questions before, but she does not have them in front of her. So I'm going to put her on the spot a little bit. First thing that comes to your mind, uh, you get points from the answer and the applause of the crowd, which are people in their cars or exercising or at home. So hopefully we can hear them. All right, you guys, I'm listening. (laughs) All right, first question. What's your favorite midnight snack? Ice cream. Me too. What's your favorite music in high school? Oh, I have to be honest? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, can I say genre? <laughs> no, no, no. No, 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 no. <laughs> Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Favorite go-to? Tupac. Hey! hey! So when you're like flipping through that CD case, you got uh, all all four albums, five albums. Tupac, except for when my mom was at home. Oh, of course. Then it was like <laughs> MC it was Hammer or Grapevine, right? Grapevine Christian rap, so... <laughs> Sorry, Mom. Yeah, that's a connection Paul and I have, probably that no one else listening knows what we're talking about. But that's all I could listen to. That's it. That's well. it. Great vibe. All right. What's your favorite sporting event or competition to spend all day at? Spending all day at a sporting <laughs> event and competition is the most horrendous thing ever. <laughs> but you do it on the regular. But I do it on the regular yep. because I love to see my kids happy. Mm-hmm. And so I just... Suck it up, and yep. can I say suck it up on the sure, podcast? Sure. I say suck it up, and and you post about it on and Instagram I post about, about it how much you're sweating. Because <laughs> the truth about yes. it, every parent knows whose yeah. son or daughter is yeah. at a swim meet or track meet or dance competition, gymnastics, whatever it is, your son or daughter performs for a minute, a minute, and then you spend the rest of the nine hours. Track is literally a 12-hour event, and she runs about 45 seconds of those 12 hours. So if you want those sporting events laughs, follow me on any of the social media platforms at Paula underscore Danielle, two N's, two L's. There's a plug for faves. (laughs) Well, you and I both know why we do it, because when I was in high school on the basketball court and I look up in the stands... My dad, my mom, always there. Yeah. So your daughters, anytime they look up in the stands, their friends may not come out, you know, go to Atlanta, go to Florida, but mom will be there. Yeah. All right, let's move on to the next one. What's your favorite movie series? 
Rocky. Oh, oh I was hoping you said I knew the favorite me? to that one. All right, favorite Rocky because what? I mean, then you can add Creed on there yes. if you want to. Yeah, we so started we got the eight Creeds or seven. So there are seven total eight. and eight. There are okay. eight. Yeah. So the favorite one is still Rocky Four oh, by gotta far. Got to be. By far. Yep. Yeah. But Creed, the first Creed, is excellent. Yeah. The first Creed is excellent uh, as another sequel in the series yeah. to like continue the Rocky story. Yeah. They did a good job. With but it. I'm trying to decide if I like Creed one or two better, and I haven't really landed yet. Yeah. Yeah. But they're both great, and his, his shoes are fantastic. Uh huh. Yeah, and it's Michael B. Jordan. It's, so hey, uh, you win. You can't. Yeah, you can't lose with that. <laughs> All right, last one. What's your favorite Forest Hill campus? No duh. <laughs> no duh. <laughs> what? No, I love all our Forest Hill campuses. Yeah, well, you do. But what would but, life be yeah. if you didn't rep for your own? That was the setup right there. <laughs> we love Noda, that is for sure. So if you're listening and you're at the Noda campus, you got a great family ministry director, as do all our other Aww. campuses. You know, in you know that's in parentheses, of course. But <laughs> Noda. Yes. All right. So now we're gonna go take a serious turn here, have some fun playing faves. Yeah. And we're gonna cover a topic that often gets overlooked in church. Okay. So from your vantage point. Why does single parenting get neglected? Yeah, I think single parenting gets neglected in church because I think we are scared to highlight the inevitable Mm -hmm. while it may disaffirm, unaffirm, what's the word? Not affirm. Yeah, there you go. Not affirm um, marriage Mm -hmm. as a union. I think that's the tension that a lot of pastors pastors struggle with is if I affirm single parents, am I not affirming marriage. Mm-hmm. And so I think I think that's the tension and the and the balance that that we sometimes in church have a have a difficult time walking. Yeah. Which if we did a quick evaluation of the scriptures um and I know we'll get into this a little bit but in the book of Genesis God cares for a single mother. Absolutely. Right? Um Ishmael's mom. Yes. Right? Yes, Hagar. 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 Right. He's God cares for Hagar. Hagar yeah. was a single mother yeah. in, in the real definition of the word. Mm-hmm. So. Yep, that's yeah. good. So this podcast is a small attempt to provide some encouragement uh, to the parent who is holding it down by themselves. So as a single mom, where should we begin? Like, yeah. What's the wow. first thing that just comes to your mind as we start this topic? And then we can get into some of our questions, but where'd you like to, to hop off? Yeah. A uh, single parent doesn't necessarily mean an alone parent. Yeah. Um, and I think sometimes that's the misconception is if a parent is single, then the community around them might think they're parenting alone. Mm-hmm. And that's not necessarily the case. Um, we know that all parents need a village, yeah, whether there's yeah. two in the home or not. Mm-hmm. And so I think we would struggle to find any single parent or married parent that's actually doing it alone. Mm-hmm. So I think that's the biggest misnomer yeah. is the parent is single. Oh, they must be alone. Mm. Sometimes that happens and and that is extremely difficult. But um, I think more often than not, there's a village somewhere. Yeah, absolutely. And that should be the church. It should be. You know, I've Whatever presidential candidate it was, um, no, it wasn't even a presidential candidate. But who who mentioned the the slogan or the phrase the first time? It takes a village. Is that Maya Angelou to raise a child? Yeah. That one. I don't know where that quote came from. Yeah, but that is the church. It is. And so yes, the community should be oriented and focused or believe in the family, whatever that family looks like. But to your beginning point. 
if the church takes the approach or has the view of a family is a mom, a dad, a son, and a daughter, mm. we're going to miss we're going to miss it. All the other families Absolutely. out there that are valid as a family unit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So yeah, single parents don't necessarily parent alone, but even with a community and a strong village, um, single parenting by no means is easy. It's still very difficult. And what I, what I tell people, the easiest thing for me to tell people for them to grasp a concept, especially if they've been married parents the entire, um, while they're raising their children, Mm -hmm. uh, is that even with 48 hours between you and your spouse, you have 48 hours and there are Mm. still days you go to bed and everything (laughs) isn't done. So can you imagine if you only had 24? Right. And so that just gives some perspective on if you can't get it done with 48, Hmm. I mean, we're just, we're just checking off what's most important with 24. Yeah. That's a really helpful perspective. And I would love to come back to that when we talk to our listeners who aren't single parents who are listening in because empathy goes a long way, Yeah, especially if the church is going to be the church. Absolutely. So I want to talk about messaging a little bit, and I want to start with the positive messaging that you think single parents need to hear, and then I want to talk about the negative messages that they get trapped in. So what do you want single parents to hear about themselves and what they do that only they can do? Yeah. So what I think what every single parent um, needs to know about themselves is that they are not responsible for the other parent. Hmm. I think that's one of the biggest traps of being a single parent and one trap that I've even um caught myself falling Mm -hmm. into is trying to hold up whether the relationship is good or bad, but trying to hold the responsibility for the other parent. Mm -hmm. And if the relationship is healthy, there's less to hold, right? There's less to try to make up for. But if the relationship with the other parent is unhealthy, it's very easy to get trapped into guilt and, and trying to make up for whatever you think that the child might be missing out on it. Right. And it just is an unhealthy dynamic when we do that. And so I think one of one of the traps to avoid is is understanding that it's not your job to be two parents. That's mm-hmm. that's like trying to say mm-hmm. I'm gonna be two people. That's yep. in, that's an impossibility. And yeah. so you do the best you can, the best you know how to do, and you allow God and grace to mm-hmm. catch the rest of that. Yeah. And and that's real practical life. You mm-hmm. cannot be a mom and a dad. It's right. just, it, it doesn't work that way. You can be the best mom or the best dad right. that you know how to be. Right. And as your child's parent, you are God's choice. That's right. For your child. That's right. That's right. <laughs> that and makes you the best. That, that makes you the best. Yep. And God isn't caught off guard by the circumstances in which we That's raise good. that child. Yep. Mm-hmm. You're still the best one. God picked you. God selected you. It wasn't accidental, like arrange the kid going on in heaven and see who falls where. God intentionally selected you. And so God has equipped you for what you need to raise that child well. Mm-hmm. Help shift our perspective a little bit more when it comes to anytime we place an ideal onto family and to say the ideal is a mom and a dad for the child, but that's not the reality for a lot. So we become out of touch and lose our impact. So can you help us better understand that if a parent is a single parent, that they, how's the best way to say this? And if it's a single dad, that if they don't have a spouse mm-hmm. in this, that they're still capable of parenting 
and giving their child everything they need. Correct. Same thing with a single mom. Correct. That they're able to give their child everything they need. So I don't know if it's helpful to go, okay, this is what your children need. And mom, you can give this to them. Dad, you can give this to them. You're not less than or they're not getting less than without the other individual, if that makes sense. Correct. Yeah, Todd, you said a whole bunch in there. Um, (laughs) So (laughs) let me just back up a minute and um, talk about. So a lot of times in church, we talk about this ideal family, Mm -hmm. husband, wife, kids, Mm -hmm. and we relegate it to biblical family Mm. when in actuality if we go back and look at (laughs) our examples of biblical family i don't think any of us Mm -hmm. would say since the beginning that any of that was god's ideal right Mm -hmm. um the the great thing about being in faith is god catches us between the ideal and the reality Mm. and we have to be willing to let him catch us there instead of acting like something that we think in our head and we call it biblical, mm-hmm. and that is not really what happened. Mm-hmm. From the the very first family was as dysfunctional as they come. Yep. So, so I think it I think it helps to alleviate again some of that weight of you do your best as yeah. a parent, and then you go to bed at night. Mm. Like right, that's it. Right, you right. go to bed at night. So um, and and allow God to catch the rest. So even mm-hmm. with that, um, um, one of the things about allowing God to catch the rest is being okay with knowing that you cannot be mm-hmm. everything to your child. Mm. You can be a lot of things to your child, You can, and then you direct your child to what else they need. Yep. That's why the community, the church you are in is so important mm-hmm. because we do not raise our children alone and without the influence of others. Yeah. Even in the best situations, there's always more influence. So if, if we can understand as single parents... That it's not up to us to be everything, but it's up to us to be what we can be and then look for ways or ask God to show you people that can fill in those gaps. Mm -hmm. And I I think that helps. I am a great mom, Hmm. right? And oh, wait, I said that. Yeah, I kind of did. Yep. Yep, I'm a great mom. I'm a, I'm gonna pat myself. I on think the a back. lot of parents need to say that, that for themselves. They need to say yep. it. Look yourself in the rearview uh-huh. mirror because y'all listen to podcasts in the car and say, "I'm a great mom. I'm yep. a great dad." Yep. There we go. Get yep. it out. Mm-hmm. Um, but that doesn't mean that my children don't need male influences in their life. Right. Right. They still need a male influence, and so and so we've been blessed to have a village where they have mm-hmm. a great godfather, where they've had a male student pastor, and they mm-hmm. have other men around them to speak into that part that God created for the for the male voice to be able to hear. I don't think we discount those parts, but we understand if you're a single parent at home, then there is a part that's not residing in the house, mm-hmm. and if that parent is not active. Don't allow insecurity to stop you from reaching out to your community because yeah. your your child needs those voices. Yeah. So long, when it comes to the messages, what do our children need to hear about marriage? You know, if whatever the situation is, if uh, a mom had a child as a teenager and that's their parent, they've been together for for life. Right. You know. Right. What, what messages do they need to convey to their children about marriage, you know? Or if a, do- a divorce took place, what message do they need to convey to their children about marriage? How yeah. do you approach that? I think the biggest thing, the one of the biggest things I have conversations with my girls about is your marriage does not have to look like what happened with mine. 
Um, it does not have to be that way. You can learn from mine. Now, of course, my kids are older, so we've we've had this conversation has progressed. Yeah. Um, and so um, we started with God loves marriage. Mm -hmm. God honors commitment and covenant. So marriage is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. And so we, yeah, we, yeah. we started with there. Marriage is not a bad thing. Mm -hmm. Marriage is not what broke up mommy and daddy. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. Marriage is not the bad concept. There were some choices that were made. Mm -hmm. Right. And so we started very early talking about what good and bad choices look like yep. and how they build up over time. Mm -hmm. um, so you can talk about that marriage is ordained by God and God loves marriage and your marriage can be healthy and happy and whole. Yep. It does not have to go this route. Yeah. Now, as they get older, and and my girls are getting ready to be young adults, so mm -hmm. so we start talking about how our choices and how we treat people, yep. right, either help or hinder a relationship, and that's really what marriage is. It's a it's a commitment to be in relationship with somebody, yeah. no matter what. But the traits that help you be a good relational partner are built throughout your life. Mm -hmm. Trust, dependability, forgiveness, all of that yeah. goes into building a healthy marriage. And so I think, yes, you can talk about marriage being a healthy, um, a, a, a healthy God-ordained union, but even more than that, are they, are they willing to be in good relationship with people? That's good. That's good. Yeah. Yep. And then it makes me think about the single mom, particularly who's a foster mom or adoptive yes. mom, right? Where they they chose to parent as a single parent. Yes. What messages do they need to convey about parenting? Yes. Right. And we've talked a little bit about that, that um, sometimes it's not mom and dad, but in that situation, what messages are you conveying to your girls just about parenting? Yes. Parenting is a choice mm -hmm. every day. Yeah. You choose to be, to parent your child. Mm -hmm. Now, you may not necessarily choose to have offspring, mm -hmm. but this is not a podcast on <laughs> biology, right? <laughs> so that might not be the choice, yep. but you choosing to parent, mm -hmm. to guide, to help develop, to, to, to love and nurture, that is a daily decision. Yep. And so what you're conveying to that child, single, adopted, foster, whatever, what you are conveying is that I make the choice to love you yeah, love every yep. day. Yep. Every day. Yeah. Parent strong. Yeah. Yep. Parent strong. Yeah, hashtag. <laughs> hashtag. <laughs> so as a mom, what keeps you centered, focused, and grounded? Wow. Time alone. Okay. I am. I love time alone. Um, I have learned when to call it quits. Hmm. Truth be told, my dishes are not always done. What? In my house. <laughs> Sorry, y'all. Uh -huh. My dishes are not always done. Sometimes there's more laundry than there is weekend. Um, but honestly, time alone helps for me, helps you to pull away and think about the big picture. Mm -hmm. um, now, if you are an extreme extrovert, you might find that with a group of people. But for me, it's time alone. Also, again, so time alone leads me to the big picture. And thinking about the big picture, what message am I sending? What does my home 
feel like. Uh, For me, it was very important that my kids always felt like our house was a home, was Mm -hmm. a safe place. Mm -hmm. If no place else was a safe place, that this was a safe place. So um, if the dishes had to wait for it to be a safe place, then then that's kind of what had to happen. Mm -hmm. That was priority for for me. So what keeps me grounded is making sure that those top priorities stay in place above everything else. Um, What what has kept me grounded recently as the marbles run out and the clock ticks a bit, (laughs) a little bit louder is realizing that my kids are going to be leaving soon. Um, and so the, some of the battles are just not as important as they were before. That's hard to kind of keep in mind when they're one, two, three elementary school, but you're like, I'm ready for them to graduate now. You know, (laughs) I have to go to one Uh more violin Uh concert, but, but honestly, they remember those moments. Mm -hmm. Um, and so as they get older though, you start to, you start to, I think, hone in more on, is this really important? Uh, this summer I actually sat down and made a checklist of everything I have left to show the twins before they graduate because it just seems like a lot in my head. Um, so what what are the big things in keeping that in focus? Yep. And I don't know if this is a spoiler alert. We're recording this episode in July, but uh, you mentioned something. I don't know if it was in a text or an email, but you said that your family is taking a busyness break in August. Yes. Tell me about this. Yeah. I'm just yeah. curious. <laughs> Obviously, it hasn't played out yet, but you do have a so, vision for August. Let's yeah, hear about it. Yeah, we do. So we're taking a, a busy sabbatical nice. <laughs> nice. in August. Um, once, in a, once in a while, I come up with these monthly themes mm-hmm. to kind of recenter us. So in March, I did spring cleaning for the soul where I got rid of everything extra and we did not eat out uh, and nice. um, we didn't go to any movies and I cut off electronics at a certain time of day and it was just kind of to help them recenter to mm-hmm. grateful. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have found that we are we have just become extremely busy. Mm. Um, as Todd mentioned earlier, all of my girls are in an extracurricular activity, yep. um, and um, one is heavily involved in track. One does competitive gymnastics. Another one is a competitive dancer. They're working um, this summer, traveling with with Orange, doing kit camps all over the country. Yep. So it's just it's just been a really busy summer. Mm-hmm. But to allow them to go into school on a full sprint, I don't think it's healthy. So it's important that we learn how to rest. So yeah, I've kind of pulled the plug on August. We're not doing anything. I think that's really good. And some of the things that I've read and some of the research that I've done, there's this contrast that it's okay for your kids to be bored. So that's one way to approach parenting and creativity. The other side of it is is you don't have to overschedule yourself. Yes. Part of Living in the United States, we just get accustomed to thinking, oh, I have to be busy to be important or to be self-validated in that way. So I love the challenge, however long it lasts. If it's a week of August, if it's all (laughs) August into September for the rest of the year, you're like, oh, my goodness, this busyness sabbatical is amazing. Yeah. But that it is okay to take a break from being busy. Yes. To connect and to prioritize what's most important. So I love just the concept itself. Well, this... Go ahead. Well, part of what led to, I think for single parents that we don't talk about a lot, is part of what led to them being busy is my trying to fill Mm. the void of not having another parent with all this stuff. Yeah. So they wanted this, so they got that. They wanted this, they got that. They wanted this, they got that. And just a little bit about my story, I had the twins at 20 years old, Mm -hmm. and I had not 
even started college yet. Mm. So for the first several years of their lives, I went through undergrad and then I went through graduate school. And then you spend time building a career to get to a place where you're financially stable to support three girls, right? Just the practical side of parenting. Then it's almost like, okay, what haven't I been able to do? And you hear that clock and you're like, oh, I want to do this. I want to do that. I want to do this. But at some point you have to say, you know what? I did the best I can. This is no longer healthy Mm -hmm. and we're going to do something else. And you got to give yourself freedom to correct even what might have been a great intention at the beginning. When you see yourself going too far left, you have to auto-correct the entire household. Right. So that's yeah. kind of how we got to. Your children need you to be healthy. Yes. Right. Or yes. they're just going to reflect or mirror kind of the the health status. That's right. There. So a couple of these questions are going to stack upon each other, but I'm just from the outside looking in on you as a parent. You're driven. You're ambitious. You're passionate about the church, about your family. You love the girls. You're there for them. Uh, you give them uh, meaningful experiences. So there's a lot that you're juggling. So I'm just curious for our listeners to listen in, how do you juggle (laughs) life, family, work without drowning? Those are like merging two metaphors together, so that's not the best way to ask a question. (laughs) And then uh, making that time for yourself and your faith particularly. So jumble all that together. Oh, my goodness. How do you make it work? How do you juggle it all? Mm. And then we'll get into some life hacks. So maybe they'll blend together. Okay. So Tyler Perry had this movie about (laughs) single moms. I can't even remember the title, but there's a line in the movie where, okay, so this mom who's, who's very well off becomes a single mother and child support alimony isn't what she thought it was going to be. She has to fire the nanny and she doesn't really know how to make it all work. She is, she is forced into a relationship with a mother who has less than her and knows kind of how to bring the pieces together and the the well-off mother starts listing all the things she has to do and the not so well-off mother goes uh-uh see that's where your problem is you start thinking about everything you got to do if you think about it you'll drown you just got to get uh-huh. in there and start swimming so it's kind of like yep, that yep. it's like if, if I sit too long quite frankly and think about everything I have to do I might as well just go back to bed and right. start the next day right. because it just becomes overwhelming. Mm-hmm. I make a list and I start. Even if the list is mental, if you're not a list person, mm-hmm. I, you you think about it and you start. And you, again, when you are done, you are done. And yeah. I promise you, it will wait. When it's so urgent that it won't wait, you will naturally move that thing to the top yeah. of the list. So <laughs> That's right. So so I've I've had to learn to give myself grace to say, nope, I'm doing that tomorrow. I'm going to bed. That's mm-hmm. it. Um, that's a wrap. Yeah. And so um, I honestly started doing that when the girls were small because I needed a nap during the, yep. <laughs> during the middle of uh-huh. the day. I was like, so everybody takes a nap. As they got older, it's so funny because um, when, when you're a parent, you can – like Todd, I don't know if you can you can do this, but I, I imagine you can. Mm-hmm. You can like feel when people are up and moving around the house. Yeah, and so I would tell the girls, okay, I'm going to take a nap. Mm. But if I feel y'all moving, mm-hmm. everybody's taking a nap. <laughs> <laughs> so nap time became uh-huh. very precious, but it became an essential element to balance. You cannot think well yeah. when you're exhausted. Yep. You might be tired, you might be stressed. Exhausted is a different level, and we are not emotionally healthy. We don't think well when we're exhausted. So. Um, um, so yeah, making a list, but not getting bogged down in that knowing when to call it quits. 
Um, doing what only you can do. Mm -hmm. um, and this was a big one for me because um, I'm, I'm, I love my Enneagram. So I'm a three yeah. on the Enneagram. Yep. Shout out to all my threes out there in podcast land. <laughs> um, it really bogs us down to not achieve. Yep. And so I had to make um, asking for help an achievement goal in order for me to uh, do it. Uh, yep. <laughs> How many people did I ask for help today, right? right it had right. to become a goal for it to really happen. Um, and so and so that had to be something that I overcame to make time uh, for myself. Time for yourself doesn't have to be expensive. That's the other thing. Sometimes we get trapped into um, the life comparison, and we think time for ourselves has to be a massage, has to be a whole week in a way, has to be, you know, extravagant things and depending on the specifics of your situation a week in a way can cost I mean hundreds of dollars up to a thousand dollars and so that might not be feasible but can you get an hour away can yeah. you I mean and I get everybody's on like the screen time mode honestly yeah screen time is important but sometimes they need screen time so I can just take a bath <laughs> like I just need a bath Definitely. And, and that extra 60 minutes of screen time I promise you it'll balance out it won't kill them so yeah. So those are the type of things, give and take, balance over a span of time instead of over a short time. Yep. Balance over a span of time instead of over a short time. This week might be out of balance. So like, like we're going to do in August, pull it into balance next week. Yeah. One of the pieces of advice that I've heard before is, you know, right when I walk in the door, my kids are like, Dad, let's play. You know, mm. I need a little decompression time yes. to get in the house, to get everything out of my pockets, to change into something more comfortable. Yes. And so I'll say, I'm a, I'll be available in 10 minutes. Or, hey, Dad, can we go play basketball and play? I can play for 30 minutes. And then I've got to get some dad work done yes. in this house so that I'm harmony is my thing on the Enneagram on my nine. Okay. And so... A clean kitchen is harmony okay. to me. Okay. Or a vacuum floor is harmony wanna to me. Want to come do my dishes? I'd be happy to. Let's, <laughs> let's make that happen, you know? Bring some I harmony. I just achieved. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Check it off. But someone said, you know, their child always was like, Dad, let's play video games. Dad, let's play video games. And I think it's healthy for parents to play video games with their kids so yes. their kids can win. Because yes. for the most part, unless Ch Chess was, Chess is our audio guy over yeah. here producing this show. Chess would dominate his kids. In oh. video games, it'd Chess, be like, yeah, we don't want to play." Sometimes, <laughs> he says no. But everyone, <laughs> for my kids, they beat me in video games. But it's like I can play for thirty minutes, and then I got to do some dad stuff. When I think about you at your track events or at a gymnastics competition, I I know you're taking advantage of that downtime to get some work done yes. or to get some reading in yes. because your kids are occupied. They got to yes. be with their team. They got to be stretching out. They got to be refueling whatever it is, and you'll utilize that intentionally. Yes. Yeah. My, my email is on my phone mm -hmm. because that's uh, sitting in dance concerts, gymnastics meets, track meets. Yeah. I get a lot of work done and reading done, mm -hmm. um, on the phone. I tried it on the laptop. Didn't work so well cause it was just too much, but right. the phone, yep. yeah, get it, get it and make constructive use of your time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. You gotta, you gotta do that. Setting limits around things. Um, again, my girls are older. So some of their events, conflict mm -hmm. and we just had this situation this past weekend some two events conflicted i had been to the several events for another child i yep. had to get to this other one yep. and they and they've grown to understand that Definitely. which i think 
I think contributes to maturity and understanding and grace and um, some other things that that they may not get if they didn't have to be and if they didn't mm-hmm. have to flex. And so um, making the most of your time is That's really good. I love that you talk about constructive time because I know we can be critical of social media. It has a place. Mm-hmm. It can create meaningful connection. But how often do we get stuck in the vortex of just swiping? Yes. You know, and it's like, whoa, yes. I've been spending 30, 40 minutes, an hour yes. swiping where I could have used that to do the dishes or take care of myself in a way that brings me life yep. or rejuvenates me in that way. So I think it's important that constructive time. Constructive we time. We need downtime too. I know there's a balance there, but I know I get sucked into that vortex. But downtime is constructive. Yep. As long as it's not out of out of perspective, like out of out of ratio. Mm-hmm. And, and and so that's that's an issue too for a lot of people. You just feel like you can just keep running and you can't. Eventually yep. you have to stop. Yep. And so when when you are being constructive, then there is more downtime. Yeah, I bet your daughters are like, Mom, you better go watch Rocky Four right now or we're gonna go crazy. So get yourself some downtime <laughs> here. Go watch Rocky. So parents out there, if Rocky is your your downtime, go for it, please. Go for watch it. Watch as many episodes as you need to. <laughs> Well, give us a a little perspective on how do you make room for faith and what are some of the life hacks for your personal faith? Yes. Yeah. So my personal faith, um, and this has changed over time, Mm -hmm. um, over the seasons of my life and the girls' lives. Um, Right now, my personal faith happens first thing in the morning. Um, One, my girls are in high school, so they go to school very early. And then no one is at the house but Mm me, right? So... My personal faith time, now that I think over it, has always happened when when they're in the bed or they're at school or or something like that. It's really hard to have uh, inter- uninterrupted time with God when you have kids running around of any age mm-hmm. because they still stick their fingers under the bathroom door no matter how old they get. So uh, <laughs> and you're like, I'm just trying to do a Bible that, study. That's it. That's it. Just here. trying to do my Bible study. I'm not even going to go to the bathroom. Mom, Mike. <laughs> No matter what age. So uh-huh. um, so I'm a, I'm a morning devotional person, mm-hmm. but a lot of my God time happens with my kids. My yeah. kids are no strangers to seeing me worship, to seeing me cry, to mm-hmm. seeing me pray, mm-hmm. um, because... I have to I have to get it in wherever I can. And if that happens to be in the car on the way to attract me, then that's when it is. Mm-hmm. Um, so sometimes it's alone and sometimes it's training my brain to tune out everything else yeah. because alone just doesn't happen. But then I also think that has helped my children navigate their own relationship with Christ because they they've they've been able to witness how it's done. Yeah. Um, my faith. I don't have space to do faith development and faith health behind closed doors. Mm. So um, they, they've seen me, you know, they, they've seen me get in arguments with God. They've, Mm. they've seen me Mm -hmm. um, um, cry in worship. They, so, so they have those experiences and those reference points. So I don't think your faith development always needs to be alone for single or married parents. I think our kids, um, learn what they live, and yeah. so live your faith in front of them. Yeah, that's good. They, our kids need to see us prioritize yeah. our faith. And I think the idea that our devotional spiritual life needs to be private it, is false. It yeah, is. sometimes you need private, alone, quiet, focused time, mm-hmm. but 
every parent knows that's not the reality. That's right. You put the kid down. As soon as you open the Bible, Satan wakes them up. That's right. Satan over there, like knocking the rattle, knocking over their toys, turning on some music. It's always Satan. You know, that's sort Satan. of <laughs> it happens all the time. Yes. So sometimes you just go, hey, you can watch a show, you can play with your toys, you can read a book. I'm going to have a Bible study that's here right. and get your time in. That's right. Well, I know a lot of this is going to be helpful for our listeners who are not single parents, but I like to turn our focus towards those who are married. Okay. And just because we, I know this happens to me, is I just get accustomed, oh, everybody must be married. <laughs> and I can become out of touch and insensitive. So mm-hmm. for our listeners who are not single parents, okay, how can they become more self-aware, attuned to, and caring towards the single parents in their sphere, in the community, at their kid's school, or at our church? Yeah. So um, I think one of the biggest frustrations of a single parent is having to be at the same place at the same time. Okay. So if you are in the position to influence when things happen, do that. Every single year, open house happens at the same time at every school level. (laughs) And you're like, really? If you're a teacher and you're listening, an administrator and you're listening, superintendent of a school district, just think about how the schedule lays out. And if you have, and you do have single parents in your community, if everything is at the same time and there's only one slot for them to make it, one kid is going to get the short end of the stick. Yeah. If there, I mean, these are really practical ways, right? That people can influence teachers this year when you get ready to do open house or curriculum night maybe you do like the walk around socializing stuff first and put your informational meeting at the end if you know your colleagues are doing theirs at the beginning yeah yeah just i mean i'm really practical things that i think our community as a whole can influence um um church wise i love when all the same age group stuff is at the same time Mm. If they're the same age group. Mm -hmm. But if you put students and kids at the same time, you are bound to have a family who's like, I don't really know what to do. So just um, staggering schedule is some very practical things. Um, Not always assuming that parents can get their kids somewhere Mm. is a big thing Um, because they literally may not be able to navigate both things. And so um, if we in the church can, um, the more we can provide opportunity to, and, and you'll all, you, you may always miss somebody. So if you're trying to put one thing in spot for 500 students, you, you're, you're probably going to miss some, but mm-hmm. the more we can provide ways to assist parents with getting to events, because that, that seems to be the biggest thing um, is getting them there. Yeah. Uh, that's helpful. If you if you are listening to this podcast and you are a married couple that leads a life group or a small group or um, you mentor kids or any anything like that, varying up your examples when it comes to family. Yeah. Um, not always saying mom or dad. As a matter of fact, today we have a summer day camp that happens at Forest Hill during the summer, and today the theme was respect your parents. And um, we always say respect your parents or whoever takes care of you. That's good. Right? To stretch the gamut because it may not be parents, plural. It may be parent. It also may not be a parent at all. Yep. So 
um, just making sure to stretch our vocabulary to capture the reality of what our society mirrors yeah. um, is, is really big. That's really good. And I would throw in some that just, as I've been challenged and you know stretched myself, uh, convicted at times, is we got to drop the stereotype. That's I good. love that you mentioned mindfulness of language because stereotype expresses itself in language yes. in that time. So that that's really helpful in that way. And then get to know a single parent. Yes. And yeah. and spend some time with them. Develop a relationship, not as a project, but as a person. Yes. And so that because they're just as human as you are. And yes. everybody needs some enco- encouragement and support in their life. So that's right. and then the last thing is pray. Let's yeah. let's pray for our you know, married couples, single parents, grandparents, foster parents, anybody who's in this parenting game yes. needs all the prayer and yes. grace they yes. can get. Yeah, dropping the stereotype is is huge. And I think proximity, one of my one of my favorite mentors says proximity changes perspective. Yeah. Um, um Reggie Joyner says that Pro- proximity changes perspective. Getting to know single parents, the way Todd said, um, will help to deal with some of those stereotypes. Yeah. Um, the worst thing you can do is people become single parents for all types of reasons. It's not always divorce. It's not always um, they had sex before they were married. It's mm-hmm. not always that. And so um, just getting rid of those stereotypes um, is really helpful. Yeah. We're for family. That's for it. Family. Whatever That's it looks it. like. Whatever it looks like. Yep. Well, I'd love this conversation. Do you have any final advice or encouragement mm-hmm. for our listeners? Yeah. Um, parents, single parents, married parents, um, remember to remind yourself that you're doing a good job. Hmm. Do the best you can do. And then ultimately, that child belongs to God. Steward well and allow God to provide the increase. Awesome. Well, thanks so much for joining us. Let me say a prayer. Heavenly Father, we pray for all our parents out there, for single parents, married parents, the foster parents, adoptive parents, grandparents, and uncles who are watching kids and things like that, that you would give them the grace that they need to parent well. And I love what Paula said, that even when we need the encouragement to remind ourselves what you think about us, we're great parents. We're doing our best, and we trust you with the rest. Thank you for this time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Parent on, parents. You got this. Thanks for joining us for the Forest Hill Parenting Podcast, where we want to inspire parents to make faith in Jesus the priority in their families. If you enjoyed this episode, we'd love it if you showed your support by sharing, subscribing, and rating this podcast on iTunes. To watch our services live or find the campus nearest to you, visit foresthill.org.